This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ, Wheeler area, located at 1500 South Allen L. Bean Boulevard in Wheeler, Texas. Our regular meeting times are at 10.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. each Sunday. Come join us as we seek to worship God in spirit and in truth. Uh, this morning, without a doubt, the, the sermon uh, that we're going to have is, is certainly a great reminder to me. Uh, it's one that I need often. I think it's one that, that, that we all need often. And it's something that I hope will be a blessing to you. I want to start this morning by simply asking you a question. And the question is, is simply to, to provoke us all to thought. I want us to consider ourselves this morning as we begin our study. And friends, the question is simply this. Have you ever... Maybe you're there now, but, but maybe you've been there in the past. Have you ever been hurt by someone, by, by something that they said, by something that they did? Maybe, maybe it was just one time, and it cut you real deep. I, I mean, it really hurts you bad. Or maybe it was something that someone did or said many times throughout many years, maybe through the course of your entire life, that, that just really built up and, and finally boiled to a head, and, and, and you just said, I, I've had enough. I can't take any more of this. I won't, I won't take any more of it. You made the decision to wash your hands of it and be finished. Maybe, maybe you, you finally got to a point where you, where you said something like this, if I go forever without seeing his or her face, it will be too soon. I want you to really, really think about it. You know, I talked with Sean about this sermon before I, before I put it together. I, I was holding a meeting in Olton and... I was really struggling with putting this together. And Sean said something made a lot of sense to me, and I'm going to share it with you. A lot of times we see titles of sermons, and we look at that title, and, and we think about everybody but ourselves. We, we think about neighbor so-and-so and cousin so-and-so, how badly they need to be here to hear this. But friends, what about you this morning? What about me? Because I'm telling you, I need this this morning. I had a long night. I had a long night. I want you to put skin in the game this morning. I want you to pony up, put all your chips in as we begin this study. But I'm not going to ask something from you that I'm not willing to do myself. I, I want to put skin in the game with you because I, I want you to know that I'm not up here to browbeat anybody. I'm with you. I'm with you. Because I, I've been here. I've been right there. I was 16 years old and I... I grew up in southern Arkansas. Don't hold that against me. But I grew up in southwest Arkansas, and I worked for a rancher. His name was Ricky Russian. He's a, he's a deacon in my home congregation. Wonderful guy. I love him dearly. I believe Ricky loves me. I spent a lot of time with him. I spent many a days with my feet under his table. I ran around all over God's green earth with his grandsons, and we fished in every hole in Miller County that we were supposed to and, and maybe a few that we shouldn't have, but... We spent a lot of time together. I really spent a lot of time with him and his family. Ricky called me and he wanted me to come help him. He bought a load of cattle and he wanted me to help him process them before we turned them out. I said, sure, I'll be there. So Sunday night, I stayed the night with him at his house. And the next morning, we, we get up and we're in the living room. We're sipping coffee. We're, we're talking like we normally do. But this particular morning, Ricky's fishing. 
He's fishing. And, and he had been for a while. And I'd, I'd been noticing it. I'd been seeing it more and more. He, he would intentionally spend a little more one-on-one time with me and him. You know, he, he'd send me to town usually to get a part. And he'd say, hey, I want to come with you. Come on. Or, or, or I'd go saddle a horse to, to check cows. And he'd ride with me. And he was fishing. But this morning, he, he found himself hooking into something I didn't want to talk about. I made up my mind I wasn't going to talk about it. But he kept fishing. And I respect Ricky tremendously, and I'm ashamed to say I lost my cool with him that morning. And I'm not proud of that. But I finally got to a point in the conversation, I I said, I'm done talking about this, Ricky. I've made up my mind, and you're not changing me. And I told him, if I go forever without seeing my mother's face, it would be too soon. (laughs) be far too soon and I meant it I was mad I was hurt but you know what hurt worse you know what Ricky said to me he said forever is a long time son forever is a long time That's why we need to talk about things like this. As much as we may not want to at times, as much as it might hurt, hurt you, hurt me, I know this is a sensitive topic. Forever is a long time. So this morning, as we begin our study, friends, I want you to consider yourself and consider where you are and where you've been. I don't want you to think about neighbors so-and-so. I want you to think about you. And as we begin our study, I want us to consider these three statements. These are statements that, that I've made myself. I, I've heard many other people say these things. Maybe, maybe you said or thought one of these things yourself. I want to consider them as we go through our study this morning. And the first one that I want us to consider is this one. I cannot. I cannot forgive. <clears throat> Quite a hard line that we often draw, one that I have drawn many times. As we begin to consider this, I want to look at a parable that we find in Matthew chapter 18 of the unforgiving servant. A little context to to the parable before we jump right into it, we find here in verses 21 and 22 a conversation that begins to take place between Peter and Jesus. And Peter asked what, what I'm sure he believed was a very honest question. He says, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him till seven times? And in his question, he offers an answer, what he finds reasonable. I, I truly believe that, that everything I've done in my life, I considered it to be reasonable. Uh, certainly at the time, and maybe you have as well. So, so he says seven times, that's, that's enough. Eight times is too much. Jesus, what do you say? And, of course, Jesus told him, he says, not until seven times, but until 70 times seven. And, friends, I want us to understand that, that what's being considered here in this parable is not money. Jesus uses money to, to teach this divine truth about, about a sin debt that our brother has against us. But it's not money being considered. It's sin. And Jesus' answer to him was not 490 times you forgive them, but 491, that's too much. You, you send them packing, you tell them kick rocks, get down the road. That's not what he's teaching. Because true biblical forgiveness, friends, will never reach seven times. It doesn't keep a record of a brother's wrongs. There's not a tally mark beside their name. And every time they do something that, that you don't like or offends you, you, you continue to add a mark. 
And you just let them pile up till eventually you're done with them. That's not biblical forgiveness. Money's not what's being considered in this parable. It's a sin debt. <coughs> Beginning verse number 23, Jesus says, Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king which would take accounts of his servants. So, so this king comes to town and there, there's brought unto him one that owed him 10,000 talents, the Bible says. That's an awful lot of money. You know, and I began to dig a little bit on this to, to try and figure out how, how I could convey to, to you what 10,000 talents is. And I was really blown away. 10,000 talents is about the equivalent of $3.5 billion today. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. You, you can ask me later, but, but I, I've seen millions of dollars cash in a safe one time. Millions of dollars, and I was blown away. I couldn't believe it. I, I cannot begin to fathom $3.5 billion. Certainly not $3.5 billion of my debt. I can't understand it. That's a lot. It's the equivalent of, of having to live 200,000 years to pay off this debt. You'd have to work 60 million days, friends. If you lived to be 100 years old every time, you'd have to, you'd have to live 2,500 lifetimes just so, just so you could work 80 good years to pay off your debt. That's a serious debt. But you know, I think that verse 25 really shows to me and hopefully to you this morning how serious this debt is is he says but for as much as he had not to pay he didn't have it he didn't have the money his lord commanded him to be sold he commanded his wife to be sold his children to be sold and all that he had to be sold friends listen to this so payment could be made just a payment he's on a payment plan i've owed some people some money i've been on a payment plan i'm sure you have too I don't know about you, I value my wife a whole lot. I even value me pretty good sometimes. If you got kids, I know for sure you value your kids. Won't pay you sin debt. Just a payment. Notice what he says in verse number 26. The servant fell down and he worshipped him. And he said, Lord, have patience with me. And then he lied to him. He said, I'll pay you everything. I'll pay you every dime I owe you. That's a lie. He couldn't pay this debt. But I want us to be real clear about what Jesus is talking about here. He's not talking about a guy who owes some money, friends. He's talking about you and he's talking about me. And he's saying when Jesus comes to you and he says, Friend, you, you owe me 10,000 talents, you say, I don't have it. He says, Okay, everything that you have, you, your wife, your kids, and everything else is going to be sold just so, just so you can have a payment plan set up. And you'll have forever to make payments and it'll never, never square up your debt. So what do we do? We fall down. We worship him. We, we beg for his patience and we, we make false promises. We, we tell lies and we say, I, I'll make it right. But luckily for him, he had a compassionate Lord. We have a compassionate Lord, don't we? You know, Exodus, I believe, 34 and 7 says that he keeps mercy for thousands. Well, here's an example of that. His Lord had compassion on him. He was moved with compassion and he, he loosed him. He, he forgave him the debt. That, that's a perfect example of compassion. And this is a perfect biblical definition of forgiveness. To, to loose someone from a debt. To, to forgive a debt they can't pay. 
You know, if I owed Garland some money and I paid Garland, my debt's paid. But if I said, Mar- Garland, I-, I can't pay my debt, he says, go on about your way. That's, that's forgiveness. He loosed me from it. He said, don't worry about it. Just go on. Thayer says here that it's to be released from bondage or imprisonment. He says it's forgiveness or, or pardon of sins, letting them go as if they had never been committed. That's tough, isn't it? That's real tough. That's real hard to do, friends. Notice verse 28, this servant that was just forgiven a, a tremendous debt, an unpayable debt. You and me. Remember, remember what we're talking about here. He goes his way and, and he found one of his fellow servants which owed him a hundred pence. How much is a hundred pence? It's a dollar, folks. The New King James says a hundred denarii. It's about the equivalent of a buck. hundred pennies. And this day, maybe it was a hundred days worth of work. It was absolutely a debt that could be paid. There was some kind of arrangement that could be made, a payment plan that was reasonable. Maybe, maybe they had something that they could trade for, for equal value, something he wanted that he had. It could be worked out. So what did this servant do? He fell down. He, he besought him and he says, have patience with me. Does that sound familiar? Have patience with me. And then he says, I'll pay it all. That, that's the truth. I'll pay it. I don't, I don't have it, but I can, I can pay it. We can work something out, can't we? Did the exact same thing. We, we often come to Jesus and we fall down and we, we beg for patience and we, we make lies But when our brother comes to us and and he does the exact same thing, too many times we respond exactly the way that servant number one did in verse number 30. He would not. It's a choice he made. Not that he couldn't, but, but he wouldn't. He wouldn't do it. Have you been there, friends? Have you been there and you said, I cannot forgive? Well, ultimately, friends, when we say that we cannot forgive, what we're doing is we're placing a higher value on their sin against us more so than our sin against God. Do you want to pony up and say that? Because that's reality. That's reality. We just simply view sin differently than God does. And that's without a doubt. We don't, we don't like to admit that. It's not a conversation that we might want to have, but it's the truth. God views sin differently than we do. And I've, I've thought long and hard about how to try to make this a, a very simple illustration. And I, I just want to use this passage here we find in Revelations 21 and 8. You see, I've shortened it. I took the end of the, the passage off. I'm going to show it to you in just a minute. But I want to show you a list of sins that we find here. And I want us to consider them because without a doubt, we all look at these sins and we say they're grievous. They're they're terrible, and God must punish these people who who commit such acts. Without a doubt, a a murderer, someone who who commits homicide. We call them homicidal maniacs, don't we? What what about a whoremonger, someone who sells his body to another? Or what about someone who who prepares and uses magical remedies or or someone who worships false gods and the idol? That's terrible. And we know that God is going to punish these people. And we're okay with that. But, but what about lying? 
Do we feel the same way about lying? Because the Bible says that all liars shall have their part also with all of these other sins that we just looked at in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Do we view sin the same way God does? Absolutely not. We don't. But sin is sin, friends. James 2 and 10 says, For whosoever shall keep the whole law yet offend in one point. It doesn't matter which point. It doesn't matter what the offense was. He becomes guilty of it all. We really need to consider these things when we're dealing with those that sin and trespass against us. We don't view sin the same as God. Second statement that we often will make is they don't deserve my forgiveness. Now, now track with me just for a second as we take a look at Jesus and his suffering. Matthew 26, he was betrayed and then he was arrested. We find that he stood trial before Annas and Caiaphas and then Pilate and then Herod and then Pilate again. But then the Bible says that they scourged him. They, they beat him. And they beat a crown of thorns on his head and, and then they placed a, a purple robe on him, mocking him. And then they led him away to be crucified. But this is what really blows my mind. In Luke chapter 23, verses 33 and 34, we find this account of Jesus being crucified. Some of the last moments of, of his life here recorded in the book of Luke. And it says that when they came to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him. The malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left, then said, Jesus, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And then they parted his raiments and cast lots. The very people that hung him on the cross that, that are casting lots for his clothes like it was prophesied. He says, God, please, please forgive them, Father. They don't know what they're doing. They don't understand what they're doing. Too many times if we really understood what we're doing, when we don't forgive those that sin against us, we would not do it. Because it is a hefty price. It is a hefty price, and we, we continue to utter these words, they don't deserve my forgiveness. You know, when I look at these people that crucified Jesus, no doubt, first thing that comes to my mind, they don't deserve. They, they don't deserve what Jesus just prayed for. They don't deserve for God to forgive them for crucifying. That, that, that's the worldly man in me. No doubt. And I'm sure many of you feel the same way. But here's the reality about forgiveness. Friends, if it's deserved, if, if you owe it to them, it's not forgiveness. It's theirs and you better give it to them. But even if they don't deserve it, you better give it to them. Because just like the people that crucified Jesus, how, how we say they don't deserve to be forgiven, well, friends, neither do you and neither do I. That's bottom line. And I think we forget that sometimes when we deal with those that hurt us. You know, there's an example in Matthew 6 when Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray that continually rings in my ears. Beginning in verse number 9, he says, After this manner therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Holy is your name, Father. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 
Friends, what we fail to forget, or what we fail to remember rather, is that our forgiveness hinges, it it hangs in the balance. It's depending on whether or not we're willing to forgive our debtors. And he takes it a step further. Verses 14 and 15. He says, For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you yours. If we're not willing to forgive those that sin against us, hurt us, trespass against us, cut us deep with the things that they say and the things that they do, if we're not willing to let it go, We want to harbor it and hold on to it and let it fester and and create bitterness in our hearts toward these people. Then we just need to stop praying. Just just quit. You're wasting your time if you're praying to God saying, God, forgive me, but I'm not willing to do the same. I know it ain't easy, but it's it's exactly, exactly what we need to do. In this next passage here in John 8, this woman that we find caught in sin. When I read this passage of scripture, I oftentimes can see very clearly my hypocritical self. We're familiar with this passage where where these Pharisees brought unto Jesus this woman that was taken in adultery. The Bible says in verse number 4 that she was taken in the very act. And so they drag her before Jesus and they say in verse number 5, Moses and the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what sayest thou? They're they're trying to to find reason to accuse him. And so he he stoops down, he gets down on the ground, and he draws around on on the ground with his finger. I don't know what he drew. I'd really like to know, to be honest with you. But nonetheless, he acts like he didn't hear them. And so they continue on, and finally he, he says to them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. Whichever one of you guys is is blameless, whichever one of you guys is sinless, whichever one of you guys have never fallen short from the glory of God, he says, go ahead, here, just pick up the stones. Too many times in my life, I have wanted to take people by the scruff of their neck, and drag them before the feet of Jesus and throw them down and say, Jesus, they've hurt me, they've wronged me, they sinned against me, I can't take it no more. You need to punish them for their sins. What I have failed to consider is what in the world I would say if Jesus looked up at me and he says, what about your sins? What about your sins? Well, well, this isn't about me. (laughs) No, no, no. They're the one that's on trial. We don't need to wait a while. We need to stone them. It's not about my sins. It's about theirs. What about your sins? We fail to remember the fact that we have all sinned. It seems like in those moments in our lives, that is short-circuited and it it don't come to mind. We're, We're quick to forget that fact. You know, in reality, I had these thoughts about about that exact thing with with my own mother. What I should have done was I should have said, hold on, Jesus, before you pick up your stones, let me get down there with her too. So when you stone her, you stone me. Because ultimately what my mom did was sin, and so have I. 
doesn't matter what she did. doesn't matter what I did. We sinned. And I'm not without it. Neither are y'all. So are we really justified in our unforgiveness? I mean, really. Are you really justified in condemning those that wrong you? You see, we often have a double standard of those that sin against us. When we run to Jesus, we want to be just like servant number one in Matthew chapter 18. We want from God his patience. We, we want his love. We want his grace. We want his mercy. And we were begging with him and we're pleading with him for it. But the reality is when it comes to those that have hurt us, forget about it. They cannot have it. We want good old-fashioned American justice. We want justice. terrible thing it's it's a life and death kind of thing there's a scripture that's kept me awake many a night there's several but this is certainly one of them James 2 and 13 James says for he shall have judgment without mercy that showeth no mercy and mercy rejoiceth against judgment if we're not willing to show mercy to those that have hurt us and wronged us and sinned against us, you can forget about it when you stand before Jesus on the day of judgment. There won't be none. I want to give you a few things to think about as we close. I hope they'll be helpful to you. And I really hope that you will really consider these things. I want you to remember, friends, that your soul is valuable to God. Most certainly, but so is theirs. So is theirs. The ones who've hurt you, the ones who, who've said the things that they shouldn't have said and done the things they shouldn't have done, God still values their soul just as much as yours. This is, this is the end game for me with this sermon. <clears throat> is that I want us to all understand that God desires everyone to be saved he wants all men to come to the knowledge of the truth and be saved even those that have hurt you and have hurt me and we can't forget that we cannot lose sight of that through our pain because forever is a long time it's a long time for us to, to sit and to ponder and to think and to remember that we could have done exactly what we should have done and that we need to do today. But you don't need to do it just today. You need to do it tomorrow. And you need to do it the next day. You need to do it next month. Because forgiving somebody is a process that you continually have to go through. You've got to make the decision. You, you can't be like servant number one in Matthew 18 and 30 who would not. You've got to. You've got to, and I want to tell you why you got to. I was scheduled to be here the weekend of the Brotherhood meeting, and I apologize for not being able to come. We were thoroughly looking forward to it. We were looking forward to the Brotherhood meeting. We weren't able to go to that. <clears throat> My parents called me, and uh, Jesse and I loaded up, and we went to Arkansas to, to try and help them. They, they were in a, a, a bind financially, but, but they were also having some, some real serious spiritual issues. And so, so we go, and, I, and I, 
I made sure that I put the emphasis on the spiritual. That was what I wanted to do. That was what Van told me to do. The others, elders, Jay, Mark, Hayes, they, they made sure that I understood that, that going and helping them financially, it, it really won't benefit them in the long run. What they need is Jesus. And I know too often times we are terrified to get involved with the people who have hurt us. I understand that. Where we're scared to death and we feel like we've got to protect ourselves. I understand that because we don't want to be hurt again. But because <laughs> with lots of encouragement, lots of prayers, a, a really good wife that I have, I was able to, to put these things behind me to go and try and help them learn about Jesus. And they were willing to come to church with me that Sunday. I was blown away. And of course, naturally, I preached the gospel uh, as passionately as I probably ever have because I wanted them to know that they needed him. They needed him. These financial woes, they don't matter. They needed him. We've all been hurt. And I know you don't want to be hurt again. But maybe, just maybe, you're the person that can make the difference. Maybe, just maybe, you're the person that can lead them to Christ. You don't want them to do those things again. Make sure that they have Jesus in their life. Make sure that they're seeking and serving the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Because forever is a long time. This morning, I want to leave this with you. And as we offer this invitation, it's not ours, it's the Lord's. And, and if you find yourself struggling with this, you're not by yourself. And there's lots of people here that, that want to encourage you and they want to help you through these difficulties. Because it won't be the only one that you have. If there's something that this congregation can do for you, we want you to know that you, you're loved, that we care about you. And as we offer this song, we want you to know that Jesus loves you and he's keeping mercy for thousands. So as you come this morning, hopefully you will come showing mercy so you can receive mercy and forgiveness for your sins and not withhold yourself from the blessings that we all find in Jesus Christ. Come as we stand and sing the song that's been selected. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you have questions about what you have heard or would like to know more information, please contact us by emailing cfcwheelerarea at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook or Instagram and send us a message there.